You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Happy Monday, No Bad Dog Army. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I love Mondays, if you guys don't know that. It's just, I, I just get like, on the weekends, I just don't like, I just don't do well with weekends. I just want to keep just helping dogs, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, this is a, this is a good podcast. This is an interesting podcast, um, a little bit different. So this is really, really, really uh, focused on confidence building and insecure dogs. This individual, unfortunately, as you'll hear, had some bad experiences with uh, just in the past with other things. And um, the dog was also unfortunately used uh, in really inhumane, cr- just crazy stuff. So this is, a, but it's a great podcast on focusing on how to develop confidence in any dog. So I, I think you guys are going to get a lot of benefit out of this. And, uh, yeah, and I just I just really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Each week we're growing and growing, and um, really means a lot to me that you guys are tuning in to to help your dogs and help grow the No Bad Dog movement. And the community that we're building is is absolutely amazing, and I'm so proud of you guys uh, for helping us build it brick by brick. Uh, it's 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 wonderful to see in the community. So anyway, um, at the end of the podcast, I'm going to be answering the listeners' questions, you guys. So if you have any questions, um, and just remember, at the end of the podcast, we you're going to get more information from dog owners just like you, or it could even be you. For an example, we have Sarah and Denali we're going to answer first. So if you want me to answer your specific questions, head over to the iTunes review chart and leave a review. If you're listening to this on Spotify, do me a solid favor and review the podcast to help us grow and reach more dog owners that need help. So enjoy the podcast, and I'll talk to you at the end. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. could be better, but... What's, go- what's going on? Oh, so um, recently um i had gotten a trainer so this was going to be about my french bulldog by the way but then now i have to switch it up just because my french bulldog is not as serious as serious of a matter as you know compared to this um i rescued a dog about a month ago she's a bait dog and she's not aggressive but she's defensive like she's scared of big dogs and she has some type of dominance based on her history so she wants to like kind of dominate so she feels safe you know like she finds everything a threat so if she dominates first that you know, she's going to be, you know, top dog and she doesn't worry, you know. Okay. So I had gotten a trainer three days ago okay. and 
I had to let him go because he ended up hitting her multiple times with a leash. So now I'm in a situation now, uh, I called you because I watched your videos for the last two years, and I was hoping maybe you could, uh, you know, kind of give me some, like, guidance around how to, you know, start, you know, getting her to rehabilitate, basically. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Sorry that that happened. That's terrible. Yeah. So um, it's just a shit show. $3,500, by the way. Jeez. $3,500 plus another 1400 that the GoFundMe people, like, so people, like, I have a following I just got for her. Because she was, like, starting to blow up based on one of my videos I posted. Mm. There's about, like, 60K uh, uh, people watching now. About 1,000 followers. And um, she has. Um, I want to use her as a story, you know, kind of, like, what it takes to, you know, take care of a shelter dog. How to, you yeah. know, do it yourself. You know, the proper way of going about it. And I had gotten a trainer to help me. And he ended up, you know, taking $4,000. Doesn't want to give me a refund. And basically ran off of my money and, you know, hit my dog. So, Damn. Well, that's unfortunate, but let's yeah. let's make a let's let's make right by it. Let's do good. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so, just back up a little bit. Um, so, did you say that she was she was used as a bait dog prior? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's two years old, so she she's like still young, but she definitely has a lot of trauma. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so she's she's three now, and what type of dog is she? She's a pit mixed with a bull terrier, I believe. Okay. She's about 45 pounds. Okay. She's small. So right now, your main concern is when she sees other dogs, she feels like she's got a... Well, not necessarily when she just sees them. So when she's around dogs, like, close enough, she's curious. But as soon as that dog looks at her, she immediately tries to dominate and get aggressive. Okay. So it's not like from a distance, she's not pulling. She's not barking. She's very quiet. She just, like, looks. But once you get close enough, I'd say, like, three, four feet, like maybe even a walk by, she gets like scared and then she gets defensive and you know. Okay, so get, so give me context of this. This is like when you're out for walks. Yeah, for example, so I took I take my you know bigger dog out. So I have three dogs. One's an eight year old, and now I have her, and then a French bulldog. So my big dog that she's scared of, I t I tell my girlfriend to walk him because he's you know he's well behaved, he's trained. So, um, he walks down the street like on the opposite side, and my you know the new rescue dog, she'll stare at him, you know whatever. And I give her a little pull, and then she follows me. We go across the street towards my house, and as soon as I uh, put my my main dog in the in you know past the gate, you know, and close the gate, you know, to our yard, I let her sniff him. And as soon as she sniffed him the other day, she growled, and you know, she she got scared. Immediately, she stopped when I told like when I was like, hey, you know, yeah. you know, I didn't yell or anything, but I feel like she knows by the tone, like, oh shit, you know, I shouldn't do this. Yeah. And on top of that, you know, the trainer hit her, so I think she got scared as well. So. I have videos as well, maybe like that could like show you like like a hundred percent like which how she is between like you know her size dogs and how she is with bigger dogs. Hundred percent, I have like a bunch of videos of it. Okay. Um. Yeah. I want to. I want to just. Okay. So how long have you how long have you had her? You've had her. It's been about I'd say in my house it's been about like three three weeks I'd say. Okay. Total, I got her a month ago. I, I drove to Tennessee. I live in Chicago, so I drove to Tennessee. So, okay, it's been about a month total, I'd say. Okay, all right. So right now she's she's living with your two other dogs. Yeah. Okay, and she so far has been decent, but obviously when they yeah, she's been decent, but as soon as there's like a touch or closeness, she doesn't understand like what she doesn't understand other bodies' now uh, body language, so. It's kind of like, um, yeah, 
she yeah so she's just scared yeah basically what it is like she's just really scared sure well it makes sense considering you know yeah, yeah, yeah. what she went through and stuff so sure. what i would do is I think the ultimate goal is to build her relationship with other dogs and build her confidence yeah. with other dogs. 100%. So uh, what are you, what are you doing right now? You're just using your dogs to help with that. Yeah. I'm using my dogs like, you know, gradually not trying to force it on her and my dogs, you know, I don't want to stress all the dogs out, but also, um, I, I know the basics. So I know heel, I know like, you know, come when called, I know how to use a clicker. I know all that, mm-hmm. but you know, the way my previous trainer taught me how to do it, I feel like it doesn't work because with the clicker, my French Bulldog, he'll listen. But without the clicker and without treats or anything, he like he doesn't want to do anything. Because my trainer, never the trainer that I previously had that I had to cut off, he uh, didn't show me fully like what it takes to actually really have a dog, you know, be you know confident and respect you basically. Okay. Yeah, there just wasn't a lot of balance it sounds like. Yeah, you know? okay. it just, it's been a shit show. Yeah, it sounds like it, man. It sounds like you've been uh, trying to figure it I've out, been, though. Yeah, I see your videos. And it's amazing what you do. You're humane. You don't use, like, harsh ethics, you know? Like, yeah. you taught me what an e-collar is and, like, how it's properly used compared to what people have been saying about it. You know what I mean? Like, like it's bad. It's this and that. But, like, you explain to people, you know, you teach them. So yeah. So, it's like, that's why I called you. So yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, education is important. So, okay. So, when you're developing this when you're developing this type of confidence first yeah. of all it's going to take some time so there's that of course yeah it's going to take it's going to take uh, some time especially you know i always tell people with dogs in these situations that you know things could be a lot worse obviously yeah. c- considering you know what she was in she could be yeah terribly aggressive she could be yeah. you know she's not she's just like she's not she gets submissive and then like she'll roll on the floor and then after rolling and playing for like five minutes, I guess she gets excited and then she gets into like that defensive, aggressive, you know, nature based on what she, you know, her bait, her bait dog experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I think right now you should be focusing on developing that confidence and it, yeah. and, and doing it slowly. And so I'll, we'll go over some steps and how to develop confidence with, with her and, and, and a, a fearful dog and then, yeah. You know, you'll you'll spend the next couple of weeks developing these things, but I think what you're doing by having them out for walks together is great. I think that's a great yeah. great first start, just to say, hey, let's go outside and be neutral with one another and, yeah. and walk around. Now, in the in the house, are they free range, kind of running around? Uh, or? So my my older dog, he's upstairs, so he's uh he walks around the whole house. You know, he just walks around, whatever. He's like, he's trained, you know, so he's older. There's nothing to worry about him. My younger French Bulldog, he's one. He just turned one, so he's in this crate downstairs with me. And my other, the new rescue dog, she's in a crate as well, like literally probably like three, four feet away. So they don't bark at each other. They're like next to each other in crates. So like they kind of understand like they're there. I've, I've also introduced them through the crates, the two the two dogs downstairs with me. Okay. So they're kind of just all mixed matched around the house. Yeah. Just to like kind of get a feel of like who's sure. gonna stay where, how they're gonna move around, you know, respect boundaries, basically. Yeah, that's great. It's a good idea. All right, so it's okay, and I'm just compiling all this information. So it sounds yeah, to yeah. me that you're you're doing all the right things. I mean, just letting them figure each other out, especially if it's not a dangerous situation, yeah, yeah. you know, where you have to worry. Worst case yeah. scenario is is she gets freaked out and pins another dog and then runs away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so. Yeah. 
so what I would do is, um, th- your goal, it sounds like is to get her more confident around your dogs and in general. So yeah, just in general. Yeah. What I would do is I would, um, continue to do what you're doing with the, with the building of going outside and working with them together. Yeah. But also building that relationship with you is going to be big. So have yeah. you introduced the basic stuff with her yet? Or are you waiting on that? Uh, I, I just recently, I probably say like two days ago after my trainer screwed me over, I, I started doing like, you know, basic stuff, trying to get her. So she doesn't have, so her name is Monroe, but you know, they found her and she never had a name. No one, the person who had her, they used her as bait. They didn't, obviously they didn't train her nothing. So she doesn't know anything. She doesn't know what potty training is. So I'm trying to get that as well. There's like a lot I'm trying to compile together so I could like, you know, start attacking it. Like the little yeah. stuff, like potty training and stuff like that. Her name, the name, call, the name, I know it's going to come along. Like it's going to take some time, but like she'll eventually get it. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like it's not going to be like a, a quick thing to do. Potty training as well. She's going to, I feel like it's going to take some time as well, but I'm trying to, you know, the little things like that and maybe heels and stuff like that. I'm trying to get, okay. you know, I'm working on her leash pulling currently. So I'm trying to uh, get that going as well. Is she food motivated? Uh, yeah, she's food motivated. She's toy motivated. Like she's, she's, she's confident. Like she's confident when she's like, you know, alone. Like I said, like when she's around other dogs, she's a little scared, whatever. But when we're together outside, like just me and her in the backyard or, you know, when no one's around on the street, we walk around, you know, kind of train her to not pull and stuff okay. in a mild environment. She's, she's good. You know, she, she's confident. She's street motivated. You know, she, she really like wants to, I feel like a learn. So. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So you want to start off with that. Um, you can start off with like a, are you using like a slip leash or just what are you, what are you using for equipment? I'm using a regular, regular okay. leash. Cause I have no idea. Like when it comes to stuff like that, you know, I know about it, but I have because I was told like don't use it unless you know how to. Because you know, yeah. it kind of works as a choke collar, but it's not a choke collar. It has the same function in a sim- sim- similar situation. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So okay. I don't want to like fuck anything up. You know, like I don't want to like grab it and then actually, you know, yeah, she yeah. pulls too hard and I pull too. Uh, I just don't know. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm with you. Uh, so that's great. So what I would do is just use that that regular collar setup that you have so your regular flat yeah. collar and your leash and what i would be focusing on is confidence building and foundational uh building with you and her so okay. i'd be getting her out in your house or in your yard or in, i wouldn't be taking her too many places just yet to teach yeah, her this yeah, stuff for sure. but yeah. i would i'd be getting her out and getting her excited to work with you and, and getting yeah. her because part of that confidence for her in particular because of her past is going to be when we get out and be social with other beings, it's going to be a positive experience and yeah. it's going to be something that she can enjoy and, and it's going to take time to build that trust. Yeah, sure. So you put a leash on her, you put a collar on her, obviously you get her out and you just start working with her obedience. So that's yeah. what I would do is I would pick – I would pick like three things. The place command is really nice. Yeah, that's what I was telling my girlfriend as well. I really not only do I want to apply that to her, but my French bulldog as well. Like I've never done it before. My trainer never taught me, but I really, you know, I kind of want to get going on that too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it would be the place. It would be the stay. So that's a threshold. So yeah. the place is targeting and sending your dog to that. Yeah. You know that bed or that location. Um. So. What what you would do is teach the new command like the place. Okay, we're gonna go there, and then you're gonna work on the stay. So teaching her how to stay there with that threshold until you release. Yeah. Okay, so it's gonna be place. It's gonna be stay, and then okay, now break. So you're gonna do your break command. Yeah. Um, and then you can continue to do your leash pressure and 
your uh, obedience uh, with the with the leash pressure that you're doing. So yeah. um, those are all good things to start off with. And this is going to help you with your relationship and it's going to help with developing yeah. that confidence in the dog. So again, it doesn't matter if you have a fearful dog or uh, an aggressive dog, a dog that lacks security and yeah. is insecure and or fearful because there's different spectrums. Some dogs are very fearful because of prior situations. Other dogs are uh, aggressive because of prior situations. And on there's there's a huge spectrum of confidence building. And so with her, she's just she needs more confidence simply because yeah. you know of her past. So things sure. things that I would be doing is getting the leash on and getting her out and saying, "Hey, let's do this." Okay, great. And then, okay, break. Okay, hey, let's do this. Okay, break. And you're really just pumping her up like a little kid. Like, yeah, yeah you did it. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Sure. So yeah. so those are the types of things that you should be doing like within the first week, two weeks. Um, and then the leash pressure obviously is going to help with, um, with you know, walking and making your life better in general. But um, those are the – having that structure. So consistent construct – well, consistent structure would be – Every day, this is the routines that you start to do with the obedience and the yeah. and the positive reinforcement and all that stuff. And what you would do is, if your other trainer before taught you how to do mar- a marker system, which is what the clicker is, it's a marker yeah. system. You can just replace your click with yes. That's just what okay. a lot of trainers do because I lose those things all the time. But a marker system is 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 good to tell the dog that they've done something right. So you can yeah. use the same principles like place, they get up there, yes, pay, and okay. then break. So those are the types of things that you need to be doing in the beginning. Now, as far as the other dogs go, you're, you said you're Frenchie, right? Yeah, is, okay. Frenchie. So is your Frenchie pretty chill around he's, this other dog or how is no, he, so he's not chill at all i was gonna <laughs> my original thing about it i was gonna call you before all this shit unfolded was he has no boundaries like mm-hmm. so in a sense like he gets excited barks like a like a you know yeah. crazy maniac in his crate you know because he sees the other dog he, like when we pull her out to like you know take her out and stuff he goes crazy right but that's mm-hmm. because he wants to play and mm-hmm. as soon as we take him out, whether it's around my older dog, whether it's around her, or even at the, for example, like on walks and we run into other dogs, he sniffs so much, to, like in that, you know, private area of a dog. Like, mm-hmm. it's insane. Like, he shoves his whole face in there, you know? So it's kind of like other dogs sometimes, you know, get scared, aggressive. And it's like, he doesn't necessarily fully listen until, you know, we, we get firm with him and kind of like pull him back towards us, you know, with mm-hmm. the leash pressure. He doesn't really listen to, like, hey, no, you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, he has no boundaries with that. Yeah, so that's something that is going to, again, play a role in, you say Monroe or Monroe? Monroe. Monroe? Yeah. Okay. That's going to play a role with Monroe um, when you're when you're trying to develop this confidence because if he's coming out, and he's a smaller dog naturally, obviously, because yeah. he's yeah. a Frenchie, which is good. Yeah. But when he comes out and he's kind of going crazy and he's just, Frenchies are like that. I mean, so... Yeah, all yeah, of that is is on brand for Frenchies. They're kind of just these little spazzy, funny yeah. dogs, right? So, you know, when he comes out and he's like, ah, you know, doing Frenchie stuff, um, that's where you, you should advocate a little bit and and just you know step in and say, hey, like she needs a little bit more yeah. room, like relax. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's um, what I started doing literally like a day ago, like telling my girlfriend to like, because she could, my girlfriend's you know she's not super strong, but she could control you know most of the time, like most of the dogs. So, um, 
I kind of tell her, you know, just pull him away, tell him no, like, kind of, like, teach him, like, hey, you're not going to be near her unless you calm down, you know, like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah. when you're when you're getting him out of the crate, I would leash him up and then bring him, yep. you know, bring him away from her so he doesn't overwhelm yeah. her. But she can, she can, like, you know, follow him around and he's not going to yeah. care or anything yeah. like that. And then I think once he kind of gets the sniffs out, and it's just, it's just natural for dogs to, that's how they get to know each other. They, yeah sniff each other and that's just how they do it it's like no, us. i know that but i feel like he's just aggressive with it you know like he doesn't like after like five minutes he's still going yeah, like he yeah. doesn't like know how to back up yeah well yeah frenchies they're just they're intrusive they can be <laughs> you know they're little energizer bunnies so they're just kind of over the top with everything they're a little extra yeah. <laughs> but i would just when you just tell your girlfriend and whoever else is in the system just say hey we're just gonna leash him up we're gonna bring him outside so he doesn't overwhelm and row because yeah. we don't want her to you know, we wanted to feel confident, not overwhelmed. Yeah. But I think over time, as they get to know each other, then you could start having. I think once she, she Monroe needs to figure out the deal, right? So when he comes over yeah. and he's like, "Hey, I'm your crazy brother now," she's probably like, "What are you doing? Like, who are you? What yeah. are, you are you going to attack me or like what's up?" So it's just going to take a little bit of time for her to for accept sure. that and understand that. But after you know a couple months, maybe you can let him out. He can do his thing. You can say, "Okay, guys, let's go outside and go." So. That's fine. When you're developing the the continual confidence with Monroe, just again, daily, you got it. So you're so just to re recoup here. So it's going to be your con your confidence building is going to come from your consistent routine. So every morning, yeah. you're going to get her out. Every day, you're going to get her out, and you're going to do the same thing to try to get her acclimated to a nice routine. Yeah. And she's going to like that. She's going to look forward to that. She's it it, it naturally just helps you become a better leader because she's going to every day she's going to look at you and say hey you know are we doing that thing are we she's going to if you so as a handler if you create a routine for a dog a dogs love routines but the reason why they love routines in my experience has been they have something to look forward to and they know that their next decision doesn't have to be made by themselves it's going to be made by you and for an insecure dog that's a huge opportunity for them yeah. to take stress off their plate it's like a introvert um nervous insecure person where somebody's like hey i'll go and order the drinks at the bar or i'll go and talk to this person they're yeah. like oh thank god I, I, God. Right. it takes a lot for them to muster that up so it's the same thing with with dogs and so having that routine is really nice and you know as so there's that does that make sense yeah, yeah, 100% of those. Okay. So just do that every day. And then, so as far as the fear towards, when you say that um, she's fearful of the bigger dogs or other dogs, that's was yeah. that primarily in context of just your pack or was it other dogs? Uh, no, it's just in general. So, like, for example, my recent trainer, he made me you know, take her to the dog park, which I didn't understand why. Mm -hmm. um, he took her to the dog park and he told me, you know, to come along as well. And she was okay with the small, like regular size dogs, whatever. And as soon as like a golden doodle, like a like something like a golden doodle came along, it was pretty big. Mm -hmm. um, it was just staring at her, and she didn't like it at all. Like she was just aggressive towards the bigger dog. I think she's just like I said, she's trying to be dominant to like make sure that she's safe. You know, like yep. I got to be dominant and get her at the dog first before it gets me, kind mm -hmm. of thing. Exactly. Yeah. So obviously, you kind of mentioned it, but it is important that when you're. Um, it just sounds like, you know, you got, you got a trainer that doesn't really understand your dog's needs, unfortunately. No. And, and I feel like he's more of a alpha kind of guy. So he's like, you have to use force. You have to do this. You have to do that. 
and yeah. I wasn't okay with it. You know, like I, I get like you know e collars and all that stuff. Like if you're if I'm like with a safe trainer shirt, you know, let's do use it. Teach me how to use it. But yeah, when it yeah, comes yeah. out to someone that seems like they don't know what the fuck they're doing, then they hit my dog multiple times. It's kind of like now, you know, I don't. What am I supposed to do? You know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm not gonna stick with you. I gotta leave. Like, I'm cutting you off because you just stole my money. You hurt my dog, and now what? You know? Yeah. Yeah, it happens, man. I mean, it's like anything else. It's it's unfortunate the services out there. Sometimes it's, you know, you you go to the bad restaurant and you're like, ah, yeah. won't come here. But again. this is different. I feel like it's just Chicago in general has so many shitty trainers, and like I, I hate saying that because like I've you know I've lived in in Chicago for for my whole life, so it's like, mm. but seeing what I see online and like word to mouth, most trainers do not know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you learn, you live and you learn, my friend. So, yeah, 100%. so uh, anyway, my, I was just gonna say, like having a, a dog that has been um, purposely used as uh, an aggressive target for other dogs, yeah. and the insecurity that that can obviously instill, and the aggression that can instill, and the panic and stress that it can instill. Uh, put, bringing this particular dog to a dog park is not anything you'd ever probably yeah. want to do, especially in yeah. the beginning, which you already know. So um, I, I guess my point is, is I don't really want to spend too much time talking about what could have gotten better at the dog park yeah, because, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that's it's a waste pointless. of time. Yeah. yeah. But I will say, let's just say like development in general moving forward. So you're you're going out and you're you're walking with your dogs or your girlfriend has the other dog and you have your dog or whatever it is or, or whatever. And, um, you, as you're developing through the, through the process of the, the confidence building and the, and the development of the basic obedience and all that stuff, when you see other dogs, it's, it's going to be the same template that I give all my clients advice. And it's what I also go by too, with my personal dogs and things like that is when I'm out, there's going to be, two or three different types of situations. If you have a dog that you're unsure of, you know, doing good or bad, and it kind of goes down templates and different divisions, but you have a dog that will likely just get really nervous if a dog is overwhelming. Yeah. Your dog probably won't go into offense. It'll, well, it sounds like what the the biggest thing that she does is she, like you said, she gets them before they get her. So she kind of, puffs up her chest and pins the dog right. and says, you know, please don't kill me like some of the other dogs yeah. have tried to do. So uh, I, I don't think that that's necessarily a terrible thing because I think she's being proactive, which is instinctual yeah. and uh, for her uh, considering the circumstances that she's been in. So when you're out, if you don't know the other dogs and you're not sure how it's going to go, it's just best to keep going. And I know, I know yeah. that you're probably, you've probably already subscribed to that knowledge, yeah. you know, it makes sense. But, um, I mean, think about the amount of people that you walk by on a daily basis that you don't just stop. And you're not, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's like the movie Elf where like he stops yeah. and talks to every single person, you know, it's like, yeah. we don't do that either. Yeah. But if somebody stops and says, Hey, love your hair, love your shirt. I mean, that, that's All a friend, right. overly friendly, conversational opening, like, Hey, and then it's in your court to either say, yeah, yeah, thanks. And keep going. Or it's, Oh, yeah. Yeah, thanks. I like your and you have that conversation. So with dogs, it's very similar when you're out for a walk. Um, you just kind of decide what's going to be beneficial and what's not. Now, if there's a overly excited, like kind of like your dog, like your Frenchie, those dogs yeah. aren't going to probably do well with her. She's going to get overwhelmed yeah. by that. So as you go out and develop, I think in the beginning, what I would do, especially for a fearful dog, is to be to advocate for her to not let other dogs come up to her. Yeah. 
And then I think over time, because I see behaviorally, like if you have a dog that has obviously been terribly abused, then they either go, it seems like they go one way or the other. They either turn into this, like, I got to kill everything because that's what I do, or I'm going to try to defend myself. And she's obviously flirting with more of, I got to defend myself. But sometimes um, as the dog starts to develop and realizes that that situation that she's in is no longer, and some of these other dogs are just trying to be friendly and nice and play. And if she can get into that mode of play, that would be amazing. And yeah, you know, actually insanely like heroic in my opinion, considering what she went through. Um, but until then I would just, you just off limits with other dogs because, um, you know, if she has a bad experience with you, then she might, she, what's the difference between the other people that were abusing her and then you, if you let her get into a situation, you know what I mean? In her eyes. So I would just, when you bring her out, you want to get her around other people to be neutral. You want to get around other dogs to be neutral, yeah. but you want to limit or not have any negative encounters or let any other dogs come up to her. And as you develop with your basics, so once you take your basics that you've been working on at home for the for the next week and change or whatever, the healing and the placing and the sit and the stay and things like that, like what I do with puppies that are over the age four or four months, after they've learned their sit and their stay, what I'll do to neutralize their confidence and neutralize how they act in public is I'll go out to a busier, not like a Manhattan downtown Times Square yeah. type thing, but I'll go to a busier area and I'll put a dog, I'll just kind of go off the beaten path just a little bit and I'll put a dog in a sit and I'll have my treats and I'll just pay the dog for good sit stays and then I'll break yeah. the dog and then let the dog be a dog and sniff and whatever. And then I'll do it again because you want to start practicing neutrality because when you have a dog like yours it's this got to get them before they get me so you can create a lot of anxiety where she she sees other dogs she smells other dogs and as they're walking by walking up walking away she may be like i gotta go check their ids and let them know that i'm in i'm i'm prepared you know to defend myself if need be and meanwhile these dogs are like I don't give a shit what you do. Like, I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. So sometimes you have to flip the script and just stay off the beaten path a little bit. Work work between you and her on your obedience and your confidence yeah. building that, hey, there's a dog that passes, but guess what? They're not even in our lives because that's going to yeah. be new for her. Every dog that she has seen right. up until this point has been, you know, an antagonizer or worse, you know. So, yeah. so those are the types of things that I would be doing is working on that confidence by saying, Hey, we're going to go out. And I like to call it neutrality. What a lot of people do with puppies or dogs in general, regardless of how friendly or aggressive they can be, they, when they go out and they let their dog go up and it's not about doing whatever they want, but that's essentially what they do is they're like, Ooh, dog, boom, Ooh, dog, boom. Yeah. And they just go up. I see this a lot with puppies, like people get puppies and they let their puppy go up to every person and every dog because it's cute. And it is, but what you're teaching them is to have that decision make. So it, it, it it really dampers your confidence in your relationship because the dog is, the dog is like, okay, I'm leashed up by the handler, but I'm able to do whatever I want. The moment that something comes in my head that I want to go do my, my owner lets me do it. So that immediately instills into the dog that, this person doesn't know what they're doing, nor do they care. And then once the dog gets, you know, for a lab or whatever, like 40, 50 pounds, and they're literally pulling people 
everywhere. And we're kind of like, man, this dog isn't trained, but literally you've taught the dog that that's what they should do their whole life. So just when you're out, I call it soaking, neutralizing, just hanging out to build that confidence. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get it 100%. So that's what I would be doing is just lots of reward-based systems in the beginning to develop behavior, to teach behavior, to let her know like, hey, and that's that's what positive reinforcement does for us is it allows us to teach and develop. Good job, good job, good job, good job, good job. And then when you go out and you actually want to get into the real world to help build confidence with other dogs and hopefully be neutral because right now I would assume if you went out she would kind of be panicky she'd be anxious because she'd be yeah. like oh dog 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 you know she'll be staring at all of them and not knowing yeah. what's going on her tail like slightly kinked and just does not know what she's doing like yeah. she's just scared basically. yeah exactly you yeah, exactly you you nailed it there she doesn't know what she's doing so when you get her out that's what that's where you say you say Monroe hey come oh I know what that is okay sit good yeah stay good and you're just kind of doing all these things and you're repping through she's like oh I know I know what these things are. So you, it's kind of like showing up to a, a, an event that you don't know anybody and then all of a sudden you see somebody that you know. It's immediately yeah. relieving. You're like, oh, thank God. I didn't, I didn't yeah. you know, I don't want to, I don't know, any, you know, it, for, I, I personally like, there's like talking to people, but and you know what I mean? It's like, that's yeah. what you want to do yeah. with her. She's like, what do I do? What do I do? And you're like, hey, Monroe, come sit, stay. She's like, oh, thank you. You gave me something to do. And that's just confidence 101. And it's not even, the confidence is actually coming from, her being in a situation and not really knowing what to do and having this anxiety and this whine that people get the whiny dogs, right? Where the dogs start to whine and they're fussing. And a lot of that is lack of confidence and and, and insecurity. However, it's not really coming from the dog necessarily. It's coming from the, you not being able to tell the dog how to handle certain situations. Like if she's sitting there and she's like, what do I do? And you're not able to say, hey, come here and let's do this. That's that's what confidence building is for her is helping her get really comfortable. It's like, again, it's like anything else. If, you've, if you you know, you want to go play, I don't know, soccer for the first time you've never played and you're nervous and it's a men's league and you've never met anybody and you get there and you're just – and but after what, third day, you're like, hey, what's going on? You're just – yeah. that's what confidence is, is just I want to do this, but in the beginning it's going to be a little nerve-wracking and, and – that's what I would be doing with her, man, is just getting her out and building up that confidence. And I think, bef- you know, like I said be- in the beginning is the biggest thing is just going to be time. Yeah. Over time, she's going to keep getting better and better and better. By the third, fourth, fifth, sixth practice that she's been to, she's going to be like, oh, these are my people. These are my – this is my family. This is good. And it's, you know – I it's really you're really lucky to get a dog that went through what she went through and come out that's what i was saying yeah yeah the way she is i mean she could have been way worse she could have been super aggressive and just not even like even hesitant to go after dogs you know even people yeah 100 percent. that's what i mean you got like the best the best case scenario out of the worst case scenario because right those are the hardest dogs, man, that I get. Those behavioral dogs that come in that have been, you know, like if you were to just said she hates people and dogs and you told me she was baited yeah, her whole life, I'm like, like, dude, how would you feel? <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, it's, right. it's, it's going to take 10 times more time too. Uh-huh, so. Uh-huh. so anyway, so it sounds like you, you got like a really good handle on on what you're already doing. 
Um, I, I, again, I would just be advocating for her with the small Frenchie that's going crazy. Yeah. If the other dog, so your older dog is calmer and, and just chill? Yeah, he's cal- he, he was submissive to her. So when we were in the backyard, so when my trainer, when my previous trainer hit her multiple times, it was because she was trying to get dominant with my bigger dog because he was bigger. You know, she was slowly putting her head on him and then she would try to pin him down. But there was no growling. It wasn't right. all fast-paced. You know, it was slow. So he kept redirecting her. I was like, okay, cool. We're just going to keep redirecting her with a leash, you know, whatever. And she got, and then he let her pass the, you know, the limit of, you know, just putting her head there. He literally let her get on top of my dog. My dog, he's not aggressive, but he got defensive. You know, he barked. He didn't know what the fuck was about to happen. Mm-hmm. So he pulls Monroe off. And right after he pulled her off, he just starts smacking the living hell out of her, like, with a leash. That's like, nuts. Like, multiple times. And I was just like, what the fuck? Unfortunately, my neighbor's ring camera, they have a side ring camera on the side, so it didn't catch anything. I do have text message proof of him not denying it and, you know, saying that's what, you know, you're supposed to do this and that. Mm. And there's reviews on, you know, on the internet about him. So, basically, you know, she gets dominant. And with him, she doesn't necessarily hate him. Like I said, she, she he's bigger, so that's why, really, she's scared. You know, he's 70 pounds, she's 45, big difference, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. And what I've been doing the last couple of days to, you know, since her last incident with him was, you know, meat, fence to fence, neutral meat, you know, and she's actually been good, but she's been scared to even go near him, I think, because of that situation where she got hit. So I think she's like, if I go near him, I'm going to get hit again. Yeah, that sucks. It sucks to hear, you know, from somebody like myself, um, who it just, it just puts us, you know, in in just dog professionals, right? It's just a bad taste. It's not, not cool. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, but those are the outliers of like, just you know you know you don't need to you don't need to be a professional to know that that's not right so yeah, <laughs> you know that was like that was literally like no you like you gotta go like that's not okay yeah that's crazy yeah agreed so um yeah so i would just say like using your using your other dog so those those calmer more submissive older dogs more stoic don't have to be older but you know the dogs that are a little calmer that are like you know, I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to be a Frenchie, right? I might be like just chilling. So those are the, yeah. those are really great dogs to help develop confidence because okay. it, the when they, when you have a dog that is really passive, it helps dogs become more confident. That's why if you if you you said you watched my videos for the last couple of years, if you see me yeah, bring out literally. my yeah, great, yeah, you you see me bring out my dog Lakota, yeah. it it helps dogs get calm because she could she could care less about other dogs like she could care less so when i get another dog out typically uh, dogs like you you know your pack and and pretty much everyone else that i've ever talked to is they're dealing with pet dogs so when they go out with their dog they are exposing themselves to the pet world and the pet world is an entirely different thing right their dogs aren't trained typically um the owners just want everybody to lick and kiss each other and be friends and it's a mess and so when so so typically you get a lot of reactivity and and anxiety and frustration from those types of dogs and then when i get out my dog who will turn her back on another dog immediately and say i don't give a shit that you even exist um, it helps other dogs go wait a minute this is different you're not gonna come up you're not yeah. going to sniff me. You're not going to whatever. And so I would be utilizing your, your older dog and getting them to be comfortable with one another through the through the fence and the X pens and, and, and the crates yeah. and whatever else that you can use. And then over time, what you can do is is maybe bring those two out for a walk and then maybe your girlfriend can yeah. walk the crazy Tasmanian devil. 
Yeah, Frenchie. I, I don't know if that's gonna happen just because she. Uh, I mean, like he just—he's just crazy. He's a little one that's like you know, like I said, I feel like she obviously she can control him, but he's just so crazy that he'll like bark from across the street, you know, stare. And like the thing is, it's funny because we socialize him pretty well. We like at first he was good, and mm-hmm. recently the last couple months he just you know became crazy. I don't know why. Um, how old is he? He just turned one yeah. in December. That's why. Because he, I, you know, he's still a puppy, you know, so it's like, right? You know, but he's, he's still little. Puppies turn into dogs at that age, so yeah, you're yeah. getting. So it, it's it, man. It's it's not. Um, we hear this all the time. It's like all of a sudden, or like you just said, like like bird, like exactly what you just said is. I don't understand. Like you know, he's just crazy, or he's crazier, or yeah. yeah, whatever. It's just that's why I asked because at that age, between eight months to like fourteen months, is when dogs start to kind of really get get to be uh, adults, and they're not puppies anymore; they're dogs. Yeah, and that's that's what it is. Is they're just, they're just like that's just how it goes. It's how they are. Okay. So not yeah. a bad thing. It's just that's just what happens but what can i do to minimize that how can i like get into like you know be more calm other than training and like you know like like exercising basically like what else can i do like when he's in his crate or when someone walks in the house where i could just be like hey don't do that and he stops you know well i could tell you what you want to hear but i'll tell you what you need to hear is you gotta I'll hear both (laughs) okay so (laughs) so frenchies man they're just that's how they are they're well, just... Yeah, I, I feel like people lie to me about that. Like, oh, they're calm, they're this, they're that. Mm. But in reality, they're they're really not. No, man, I I, I like Frenchies because they're just they're interesting, funny dogs. Like they make me laugh. Yeah. But they are spazzy, man. That's just how they are. Yeah. So okay, if, so that's good to hear then. Uh, oh, I mean, dude, if you were to be like, hey, you know, my my, I could just the Frenchies are <laughs> like yeah. constantly, and it's like, yeah, that's 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 a frenchie like that's what they do you know so to me it's like i don't want so going back to your question is like if i do great at physical and mental exercise and training but my dog is still crazy then that only leaves you with one thing that that's how your dog is Yeah, yeah, okay cool (laughs) you know but it's not it's it listen it's not a bad thing it's just something that you'll have to say okay like it's just like with kids man i mean i we um that we just watched a football game last night and I, all my friends, we're all at the age where we all have yeah. kids, you know, ranging from five to six sure. months old and they're, they're all different, right? One of them is over in the corner, like reading a, you know, painting a book. Yeah. The other one is like hanging from the rafters, beating a drum. It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like everybody, yeah. everything kind of has their own personality and sure. in Frenchies and it's, it's your control. So it's like, Hey, get down from the rafters, put the drums down. Yeah go go color with your sister type thing and so it's again you said it perfectly is if you do all the physical and mental exercise that the dog needs um but also do the training and your dog is still kind of wired up that's just your dog's personality and the so let me give you like a perfect world type thing here so let's say you have great obedience with the dog so you have good um, uh, you know, stay heal. Excuse me, stay heal. Um, sit. St- you know, place all that stuff. Right. Well, you're not going to be able to tell a fish not to swim, but you're going to be right. able to say like, hey, like you know, take it down a notch, or or like, hey, listen to me, pay attention. Right. Just again, just yeah. like with kids, I'm not going to say like, oh, I got three or four toddlers running around. I want them to be calm. That's not happening. But right. if you say, hey, Timmy, Lil, Jill. 
sit you need to sit down and we're all gonna whatever right you have that control we're not gonna say like you know i don't want i don't want these kids to be drugged up and not like sleeping on the couch you know but so when you so let's just for an example um when you get frenchy out it's like we're crazy in the just a jumping spinning whining like i'm so excited to come out like that's where you would stay right so you'd open the crate door and the dog is just sitting there waiting you put your leash on, you say, okay, break. And then you bring the dog outside and then you do all your exercises and things like that. So it, you yeah. got to have, the control is going to help. But I think oftentimes people also have an unrealistic uh, understanding of what control actually is, right? So, right. you know, that, that happens often where you have this very hyper, pe- this happens all the time with my clients, right? Especially with my elderly clients um, and shout out to them, you know, because I, I it's a great part of their life to be able to have a dog and spend the time with the dog and travel. But sometimes they just get a dog that's like crazy. And I'm like, you, you don't have what it takes physically and mentally. And nor do you want to put in the, the amount of work that probably goes into this dog being successful. But you know, you have to be, you have to audit and really be realistic with how much control you have and just understand, like, it's literally the same thing with my dog, Lakota, right? She's a, Dutch Shepherd, European line working dog. She's cracked out, man. She just wants to, right? So again, we had probably 12 people over yesterday, right? And she's like, she loves kids and um, loves people. And she's just like got her tail and her, you know, there's, there's, there's glasses on the table and there's food and, you know, she's whacking things off. And so for me, man, it's not like, again, I'm not going to, scratch my head and go, man, I, you know, I wish this dog was more well-behaved. Right. She's really well-behaved. She's just her, you know, her tail's going cause she's excited to see people. Yeah. Uh, you know, all these things are happening. So, so what I'm able to do, and I did it a couple times, as I said, Lakota, go to your bed. She went to her bed. I said, down, stay. And I kind of gave her a chill. You know, I see, yeah. you know, I'm control. So my point is, is having that control and being able to manually like you want your dog to be a dog, right? That's why we love them. That's right. why we love that little Frenchie, right? Yeah. Like in the right. in the pictures before you got this Frenchie, you and your girlfriend were like, oh, they're so cute, blah, blah, blah. And then you get it and you're like, this thing's like yeah. this crazy little, <laughs> you know, gremlin. But it, you love them, you know? And so, yeah. and that's why I love Frenchies is they're just hysterical. They're like goof troops, right? But yeah. you just have to have that control. It's going to make your life a lot better. But if you if you have a goof troop, hyperactive, very in-your-face type of dog – you're never going to be able to get rid of that because that's the dog's personality. Right. But okay. if if you don't have control and obedience, well, then you have a lose-lose because you have a dog that right. is like this like type of energy and then you can't control it. So then nobody wants right. to be around it because it's like this thing's out. Of, like if my right. dog, again, she, if she was jumping on people and stealing pizza crust off the table and scratching pe- people and barking at people and whatever, like – people wouldn't want to come over to my house. Like, they're just right. like, I don't, this is not fun. See, for the most part, for the most part, like he, like I have control over the country. Like, you know, I'll tell him crate and, you know, he goes in there, I give him a treat, you know, mm-hmm. like when there's people over, whatever, he'll listen to me. But, you know, when my girlfriend, she baby, I feel like she babies him so much that it's like, you know, she doesn't really tell him like, hey, don't jump when I come. Like when I come home, he's like jumping on the leg, you know. So I kind of tell him like, hey, don't jump on me. You're like, wait, you know. Yeah. And she, when she comes home, it's like, oh, hi, you know, she gets him riled up, you know. So I feel like having both different like approaches 
kind of like confuses him and then it's like oh i'll listen to you know dad more because you know he's more you know firm he you know he wants me to listen and then you know the mom it's more like hey you know i can do what i want you got it and that's so it's like that's a conversation you'll have with her <laughs> yeah for, i did have it actually recently like probably a couple of weeks ago and she was like oh but he's so cute i just want to i'm like yeah but you gotta like you know have boundaries like have him understand like hey we'll have fun just wait you know just chill out you know yeah. You got it, man. You you got it. You you know what you need. It's yeah, just. I mean, yeah, but I just want to make sure. Uh, you know, I'm not a trainer, but you know, I'm trying to reassure myself. Like, hey, everything's gonna be good. You know, I got screwed over for money. Can I do this on my own? Because mm-hmm. you know, like I said, half the like a quarter of that money wasn't even mine. It was like GoFundMe because people support this not you know like crazy. Mm. And you know, losing that money to someone that doesn't want to refund me, and on top of that, like three plus thousand dollars of my own money, and it's like doesn't want to refund me nothing and now i'm like thinking like should i go to the you know i emailed my lawyer and it's like now what am i gonna do so that's why i called you because i know you know you're straight up full with it like telling people you know educating them so i'm like hey other than the youtube videos that i watch of yours let me see what he's gonna tell me in person let me see like absorb as much information as possible you know because you know like at the end of the day i want the best for my dogs it's not even about me having a listening dog it's just you know for their safety and their confidence and you know i want them to be at their best you know yeah man yeah, I, and I, I I want that as well. I want that to be – I want all of yeah. that for you and your dog. And, yeah, it, like I said, man, it, it sucks that that, that happened, and, and um, it, it definitely – I mean, that situation, I, like I was going to ask you before we ended the call, like, hey, like, because I was looking into becoming a dog trainer. I'm, I'm 22, and I've had a, my first dog since I was 15. Mm-hmm. So I kind of understand, like, you know, a little bit, like, of body language and stuff. I still need work on that, obviously. But um, I do want to become a dog trainer. I was going to ask you – how can I go about that route? Because a lot of people tell me different things like, oh, go to this uh, training school, go to the academy, do this, do that. And I have some people saying, oh, you know, it's just experience, you know, 19 years plus, someone's done something, you know, training dogs. So they're like, it's just experience having dogs, just this and that. So other than the experience that I partially have, you know, what can I do to like take a first step towards, you know, dog training based on like your videos and inspiring me to do so, especially after this situation. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a question I get a lot. And, um, you know, I, I think that it just depends on the type of work you want to do, you know, so I want to do everything. So it's like from obedience to, you know, protection work to, you know, everything possible just to like, actually not, I'm not going to say do it properly because everybody trains differently, but do like, like what you do basically, not even like on a YouTube aspect, just to teach people and like be able to train dogs and save dogs lives along with other people's mm-hmm. and save their time and not have dogs be returned to a shelter because, you know, someone doesn't know how to train them or vice versa. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. Yeah, I definitely know what you mean. So I, I want to do what you do, and it's always been my thing. So, like, other than being a veterinarian, I do want to, you know, train dogs. So, yeah. I, um. So my my recommendation is, uh, I think that there's a little bit of both. I mean, you have to you have to know. So for me, it was it, it was kind of I did things backwards a little bit. Is I I had this innate. Uh, understanding of dogs that was natural so so there's talent involved yeah. right so you know if the if 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 i got rid of all of my social media accounts and all of my websites and all because i have so many different businesses that are yeah. running under dogs right i still have an innate talent that the one percent of the world has right i have the ability yeah. to save a, a dog's life or change a relationship between owner right. and dog quickly right and that's just so there's talent that, that, I mean, that's just, it's just, I've always had that when I was young and, and as I developed and even to this day, and then I started working with dogs professionally as a dog walker and, 
things like that. And then I just started helping all these dogs. And that's, that's like the interesting thing is it was, uh, I, I did things backwards. Like I said, is, is I didn't, yeah. I didn't have all the lingo and the terminology and the four quadrants right. and the tool usage, understanding to teach all these things. I just was like, people were like, my dog does this. I needed to stop. Or my dog is like this. I need to know how. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. And then minutes and people were trapped. And then that's what happened, man, is people literally were traveling right. all over New York to get to me passing all these other trains. So it was, and now it's like all over the world. And so it's, it, there's yeah. that. So you have to have that because you can't teach, I can't teach that because what I do is like behavior modification, right? So I, yeah, technically I'm a behaviorist, right? I, I don't like calling myself yeah. a trainer because I'm not, I don't really, right. the dogs are, it's not a, I'm a, I'm a behaviorist. I, I look at how behavior right. is laid out and the owners are like, please help me figure this out and understand it. And that's yeah. what my job is. And I've been doing it successfully now for over a decade. So you have to figure out again, like how, wh where your lane is, I guess, like where, where you want to do if you're an athlete, right? You see, if yeah. you're a super athlete, you're going to be good at like pretty much everything, but there's going to be one thing yeah. you're going to try to go pro in. Right. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. for me, yeah, like, yeah. I'm good with like, I can teach dogs the fancy stuff and the protection and the agility. And I could probably go and enter and do competitions and do yeah. all that stuff. But for me, what I specialize in is behavior modification with owners. Right. So you have to you just see, that's, like that's where I want to start. You know I mean? Yeah. So I could actually like you know. So like, yeah, I told my friends, I was like, I want to change. You know, like some of my friends have dogs that don't listen, and like you know, I have certain like bad habits, and I want to be able to understand mm -hmm. like, hey, how could I switch that? How could I tell it? Mm -hmm. You know, it's exactly what I'm thinking. You know, like basically like in a situation like based on body language and how it acts, I want to be able to change that. You know, like you said, yeah. a behavioralist. You know, like it's just like one of those things where it's like. You know, it's a big thing for me to be able to say, hey, you're not going to rescue, you know, someone's mm -hmm. dog and like actually help them, you know, have a, like you said, a good relationship, like a bond, like, you know, yeah, teach people. Yeah. And, so. but I think that those just understanding that those are two separate things as well. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I love people and I love helping people and I go right. out of my way every day to help people whenever I can because right. it makes me happy. Like, I literally, genuinely, like, it makes me happy. Like, if That's, I see somebody yeah. with a hood up, I'm like, Err! Let me help you. Like it, there's nothing more that makes me happier, honestly. Yeah. And so I, so that combination with my innateness with dogs is why I'm where I'm at and why I do what I do. So you, so my yeah. point is, is just understanding that there's millions. It's like a million to one, to be honest. Yeah. It's, there's so many people that are great with animals, but if you're great with animals, that's not going to help the millions of people that need right. your help. So you have to, so my, 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 I did a podcast with Michael Ellis, uh, who's another dog trainer. Uh, that's yeah. great. Um, you, we talk about the certification process and things like that. And yeah. my recommendation is the certifications are good. Um, they give you the opportunity to get in and get like a clinical understanding yeah. of, you know, what terminology is and how dogs think and different tests and things yeah. that are done. And, and if you can get to a school that's a non-biased school, that's great because there's a lot of biased schools out there. People don't understand that yeah. the, the dog the dog it's, industry yeah. is just as political as Washington, right? So they put out, so yeah, they do it. It's crazy. It's dude. It's, cr it's literally crazy. Like un unbelievably crazy. People have no idea. Like they put out all these yeah. studies and all this scientific research and literally it's, it loops back around to the people who are doing these things are the people who also are charging people to become dog trainers under their ideology and they're pushing yeah. and pushing to recycle. It's cr dude, it's nuts. So my suggestion is, is if you have, 
the, the willingness to help dogs and you want to help dogs and you're good at it, you should do a little bit of both. You should go out and maybe learn a little, learn a little bit about the dog stuff. And, and then as you build, like you just got to get your hands on dogs. Cause I don't care, dude, right. if you spent 20 years studying dogs, you're going to have value, right? But I'm going to, I'm going to trust the person who's been handling dogs in a shelter for five years or two years right. over you. No, like right. hands down. I mean, the right. collaboration of those two would be beautiful. I'm like, can you guys both yeah, work together? You know, but so yeah. you got to have both. But I think the most important thing is, is being experienced. I can't tell you how many people I've seen with PhDs right. in dog behavior tell people to put their dogs down at six months because they're anxious and they won't stop barking because the prescriptions, they don't work. I'm dude. It's, it's, That's it's crazy. literally gut wrenching. So you just have to spend time figuring out what you want to do, what sector you want to go down, and then just get your hands with dogs and shadow people and volunteer. And I'm putting together a dog training business class as well. So in the yeah. future, because again, you could be the best in the world. You can change a dog's mind by blinking, but if you don't know how to run a business, you're not going to make right. any money. You're going to have to have two or three jobs. I've just recently gotten into marketing, like, you know, studying it and, you know, because I'm an entrepreneur myself, so I, I do buy and sell things. I talk to people. I try to, like, you know, I'm, you know I, mm. I'm pretty well in business, I feel like. Good. But for me, it's more of, you know, where do I start that, like, I have trouble with. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. I'm not new to the dog thing, but I'm new to the, you know, dog, you know, let's let's change the behavior. Let's really, you know, understand how you could go about it yeah. and understand all the methods. And like you said, there's, like, all kinds of things you need to know before you just jump into it. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's fun though. I mean, it, it's such a. Re I, I mean, I'm so grateful and blessed to be able to do what I do. It's a rewarding position to help people at at the scale that I do. But it's a lot of hard work, and so yeah, I would suggest just you know figuring out what you like, what your specialty is, and and again, like if you dabble in everything, you know, people will come for you. But you, for me, I'm like I, I only do what I love and what I'm really great at. You know, I right. I don't go out and teach people how to do protection. I don't teach people how to do agility. Right. I, I say, hey, go to this person or go to that person. But if you have a dog that has a right. problem, I, I was born for that shit. Like that's what I do. Right. So in the future, like I said, I'm, I'm we're developing right now. It should be out by the spring a dog business class. So it's not going to be a dog trainers thing. It's going to be because yeah. because that's the thing is like so many like when I was on tour, I had more dog trainers come out ask me questions about business than I had dog dog owners. Yeah, of course. It was nuts. Yeah. And so I'm developing this like master class and I'm putting all of my techniques and all of my years of experience and my blood, sweat and tears and all the mistakes that I've made and all the money I've spent on mistakes and right. I'm putting it into a course so people can, you know, they're going to buy it at a premium, but they're going to learn like the amount of money you're going to save by all the mistakes I've already made, you know? It, so anyway, uh, that's, yeah. So I just kind of be following that and just keep hammering away at it, you know? All right, you guys, you've reached the end of the podcast. And again, the first one comes from Saren Denali. Five-star review, awesome show. Hey, Tom, love the show. It's been so helpful learning how to address my dog's leash reactivity. I have a question about expectations for dogs during vet visits. My dog is very fearful when I take her to the vet. She cooperates for the most part, but she barks and shies away from the vet and the vet techs and clearly afraid of the entire time. This started after her, her spay surgery. I feel like this is reasonable behavior, all things considered, but I hear a lot of dog influencers, quotes, talk about how calm and well-behaved their dogs are at the vet as a result of their training. So um, as the result of training, uh, this is something that typically, like you, there's no training 
there's no obedience training that you'll be able to do to get a dog comfortable in a situation that makes them uncomfortable. If your dog goes into the vet and they've been sticked, prodded, poked, and hurt, and um, and and again, you know, this is with this is a general statement. Um, typically, veterinarians are absolutely really, really bad with dogs, like really bad. Um, and this has just been my experience uh, from both ends of the spectrum of being a dog owner, as well as a professional. They, they, and I've even seen videos of them posting things of what to do that would, it just makes me cringe. And, and, and I don't want to sound super negative. I'm just saying like, there was a video I was watching where this vet was like, if your dog is, a, if, if your client comes in and they're afraid of you, just stick out your arms so they can get to know you. I'm like, that is the worst case scenario to get a dog bite you. And then it's all downhill from the dog. So it's just, I've, it's not me just talking shit. It's me just seeing how they are. Not all of them. I've met some amazing veterinarians that really understand dogs. Um, but the majority of them do not. And again, you guys have to understand that these are dog lovers that go into the science and medicine field and they don't do any studies in behavior whatsoever. We've done a podcast on this and we've also done a YouTube video. I think uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but the last time we checked, I think there was one college, the most behavioral study and focused in a vet school from the highest amount of time, I think was two weeks. And I think it was a college in Michigan. So they go to school for five to eight years, depending on what they're doing and how they're doing it and what specialty they want to be. And then they, yeah, so they, so anyway, that's just the little rabbit hole there, but, um, totally normal for these things to happen. And if you, you know, and and it all just depends on the dog's behavior and personality. Like if you have a dog that is quiet, calm and collective and doesn't really care what's going on, like that's fine. Like my St. Bernard used to be like that. He'd go in and just sleep on the floor and they could, they could do whatever they wanted to him. He didn't give a shit. I bring Lakota there and she's shaking and she's nervous because she just knows what happens at the vet. She's smart. She understands it. She cares about that shit. So Anyway, it's not, it's not unrealistic. You can't compare, you know, it, it, you can't compare your dog with anybody else's dog, right? It's just like you can't compare your life with anybody else's life. Everybody's different. Everybody has their own wins and battles and ups and downs. And, um, it's not unrealistic. If your dog is shy and nervous, that's fine. One thing you can do to recondition these things is just go to the vet as often as you can and pay your dog heavily. I talk about that a lot on the podcast, but, um, yeah. All right. S Mayo 14, five-star review, groom, groom lover, dog groom love. Absolutely love your podcast. I listen to it all day while grooming and recommend it to friends and family and customers all the time. Thank you, S Mayo 14. Shout out to your grooming shop for holding it down. Appreciate you a lot. East Whistle 99, five-star review, children training. Hi, Tom and UCA. I appreciate all the information from the podcast and the YouTube videos. You allowed me to take the positive-only approach from Petco training to a more balance, which has allowed me to hold my dog accountable and stopped a lot of her negative behaviors. My question is, is Odelia is really good with me and currently in that level two area with all commands. When my five-year-old daughter gives her commands, she, even when she does everything perfect, Odelia ignores her. What can I do to make Odelia listen to her as well? Again, brother, thank you so much for changing the trajectory of the life of Odelia. Eric. Thank you, Eric. Uh, I hope I said your dog's name right. It's a pretty name. Odilia? Odilia. We're just going to have like at some point just a cut of me just butchering people's names and laughing hysterically. Uh, Eric, I think um, two things is if you teach your dog all the things, your dog is obviously going to be way more uh, responsive. 
right? Your relationship with your dog. But if you have a five-year-old daughter, the voice inflection, um, but okay, you said that she does everything perfect. I just want to point out that voice inflections with children versus adults is different just by tone of voice naturally and with women and men as well, naturally. And sometimes dogs, that matters to them. Um, but I would just say, uh, you know, wait for her to get a little bit older, but also spend, have your daughter spend a little bit more time with the leash and going outside and doing more of that stuff. So don't just teach your dog, like teach your dog commands and then have your daughter repeat those commands. I think the commands are also a representative of your relationship with your dog. I see this every day, especially with Lakota. Again, I talked about it in this podcast last night, the chiefs played and they won. They're going to the Super Bowl, which is exciting. Um, Patrick Mahomes has been one of my clients, long-term clients for a long time. He's supported a lot of the shelter stuff that I've been doing. He's an amazing guy. So it's always good to see uh, that my clients do well. And so anyway, uh, Lakota had her ball and she was like bringing it over to people and they'd be like, ow, ow, ow. And she wouldn't out just because they don't, they're not saying it the way that I say it. They don't have a relationship with her and she's not a robot. She may look like a robot sometimes, but she's my dog, right? It's just like with kids. It's like you you go up to tell a random kid like, okay, let's say your ABCs. They may run away because they're like, who are you? I don't know you. What, what are we doing? So I would just say have her spend more time on the leash and doing uh, like a lot of thresholds and stuff um, to help de- develop. I think your relationship ultimately is what get your gets your dog to listen well to you, which is why I focus so much on relationship because it's that important. Uh, but also at the same time, you know, it's something that I think you just have to do in order for the dog to... Anyway, um, so, okay, let's go to the next, oh, Eric, I appreciate you, man. I hope that that helps. I would just ask, you know, maybe that your daughter spends a little bit more time on the other things instead of just telling her, telling, telling the dog what to do. Obedience and food drive, West 11 absolutely love your podcast. I've learned astronomical amounts about how to be a better leader for my dogs, and I thank you for that. I have a four-month-old Connie Corso puppy who has almost completely lost interest in taking kibble from my hand while doing obedience training and his food bowl or large amounts from my hand. I switched to hand feeding only and he is strictly reluctant and he does what I ask when he gets one or two pieces of food. He usually does a couple minutes of obedience training before his morning meal and all of his kibble. We do a lot of luring, marking and reward, shaping, focused heel, down, sit, middle. He started to lose interest in taking single pieces but would devour handfuls from my hand, which makes me lure a little bit differently. Um... I've been hand feeding most of my meals since we've got them, but we have done less of that recently. I'm going back to hand feeding. Um, the biggest problem is he does what I ask, but very slowly, and he's just waiting for a bigger payment of food. Um, so I, I would, what I would suggest, K West eleven or one, is I would just use. I wouldn't use the kibble because if he's disinterested in the kibble and he's not really interested in in working for that anymore. I would simply move to something else. The Stewart's Pro Cheats, the the beef liver. I mean, it sucks, right? Because it's easier and they're getting less um, treat. But uh, my suggestion is to switch to. I would just switch to just using like beef liver, like cubes. Stewart's Pro Treats has like the beef liver cubes that you can use, and it's really easy to lure with, and the dog can like nibble out and and work it out of your hand over time, and you can only use one or two in a training set, session. So. That's my suggestion is to do that. Um, just switch that up and then just kind of drop the kibble. I mean, it is what it is, right? If your dog's like, I don't want this. And you're like, well, this is your kibble. I can't, this is what it is. They're like, no, either not. Tr- they're like, I'll, I'll eat it, but I don't want to train with it. You just have to switch. It's just how it goes. Um, I just think that that that's what I would be doing. Don't overthink it. Just say, okay, moving on, you know? 
Um, yeah, that's my suggestion on that. All right, next one, pet communication. Let's see. Um, okay, Brit and Rocky. Hey, Tom, love your podcast and YouTube videos. I have been extremely, they have been extremely helpful for me and my dog, Rocky, who is an American Pit Bull Terrier I adopted in March 2021. We have come a long way in our bonding relationship, but I still think there's a lot of room for growth. We do multiple walks a day, trying to get at least four miles, hand feeding and basic training. When I first got him, he was not interested in playing with toys. He was only show interest in, but now... But now won't go after things on his own. I usually have to introduce them. He always never barked for about the first seven months I had him. I only, I only time the only time he would bark is when, or more of a yelp when I would accidentally step on his paw. Uh, what are your thoughts on things like pet influence? Do you think that they can aid in better communication between pets and their person, or just an added stressor? I'm sure it depends on the dog, but was curious your thoughts as a trainer, or do you have any ideas that you think would help? Pet fluence? What the heck is pet fluence? Let me look this up really quick. I have no idea what that is. Pet fluence? Pet fluence? Um, pet fluence. Um, I don't know what that is. All I'm getting is a marketing company. Um, content marketing. <laughs> so I have no idea what that is. Uh, I'm... What are your thoughts on things like pet fluence? Do you think that this can... I, I'm sorry, Britt. I have no idea what pet fluence is. I'm getting right now petfluence.com. Petsfluence.com is a marketing company. I can't... I don't know. Um, but I would just say like, you know, same thing I was just saying about the um, dog that's like not really interested in food anymore is is if your dog doesn't want to play, there's not much you can do. Um, but... That's let's see. Uh, he's not interested in playing with toys. Um, the only thing I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know uh, what pet fluence is. Um, I'm sorry, but if you want to like leave another comment, I'd be more than happy to help. Um, anyway. All right, you guys, that's the end of the podcast. I'll see you Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening. Britt, I'm sorry I couldn't help you. <laughs> if you want to leave another comment to clarify or edit yours, you can. Um, and we'll talk to you guys Wednesday. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.